And he looked at me and he said, you know, that Bible. I'm like, it's just a Bible. Oh, because it was a study Bible? Because it was a John MacArthur study Bible. He's like, that Bible is wrong. I'm like, it's literally just a Bible. He's like, well, why do you? And I'm like, because the Bible says that we're wrong about baptism. The Bible says that we're wrong about the oneness and trinity. The Bible says that we're wrong about the evidence of speaking in, of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. The Bible says that we're wrong about um, uh, the ability of losing salvation. You know, like the, this is this comes from Scripture. I mean, what what else? I mean, how 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 out of context can you take Scripture to formulate an entire doctrine or doctrines of false? Theology. Because I be worried about yourself. Why you still be doubting you got a soul? Like you need to see to believe these things, but you believe things that you've never seen. Like feelings and hopes and dreams, the future emotions and gravity. And sadly, everything you're rejecting makes this whole life a tragedy. And I got something to say, I got something to say, I got something to say to the world. And I got place to make. Welcome to the Milk and Meat Podcast. I'm LJ and I'm here with my brothers. And this is the second episode of Welcoming the 2023 New Year. We ask you that you go back and you review the episode before so that way you can know what we're talking about. God bless you. Yeah. Here's the issue, though. The, the word legalism is thrown out a lot. <clears throat> and people think legalism, a lot of people think legalism just has to do with the clothes you wear, what you put on your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's part of it. The true legalism is anything... Any doctrine that teaches that you do something to save yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the epitome of legalism. So you could have people that they're accepting that, but if if doctrine is still being preached, that there's something that you have to do to save yourself, that's 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 legalism. Yeah. In in the theological world, in the church world, that's legalism. Because I mean, how much how many times does Paul preach against that you know people will say well he was talking about the law of the old testament but the epitome of the law is you do your own thing to save yourself that's the law and that's why he said i count it all rubbish and that's the thing is anybody that believes that what you do saves yourself it's an unbiblical understanding of doctrine of the word of god you think that there's regenerational baptism or water regeneration no the scriptures does, doesn't teach that. Uh, you have to speak in tongues or you don't have the Holy Spirit. The scriptures do not teach that at all. What it does teach is that it, we are saved by grace through faith. And it's only by, by faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. And we talk about the five solos all the time. That's the epitome of the gospel from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Yeah. Nobody can save themselves. Re, uh, Romans 3, there's no one good, not mm. even one that is good. And so you can have all these things. You can say that you're more of a modern church. And to a certain extent, I think that's good in, in a certain way because you're taking off that practice of, like Aldo was saying, you're judging somebody by the way that they look when they might need Christ, right? But the thing is, how much more are you going to help them if you're not giving the gospel right. to them? Yeah. And that's what creates all these uh, movements and instead of going to the gospel, you have now created a movement that is based on your, your experience, based on your supernatural experience, 
based on uh, your feeling, based on, um, I, I mean, I, I have emotion. When I worship the Lord, I have emotion. But there's a big difference between having emotion and emotionalism. Yeah. And that's the time that we live in where we have um, other religious practices like kundalini, and we have Buddhism, and we have scriptures taken in the context of the one that uh, says things that, they're, that, they're, that, the, that they are when they are not. That's only God. God is not giving us power to speak things into existence. That's not the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. What do they call it again? Not, sp- you know what you know. What's the word term for it? Um, well, New Age. There's a lot of New Age, but I don't the know. speaking forth um, words of in- affirmation. Uh, words of uh, aff- words no. of manifesting. Uh, um, manifesting, manifesting or something like that. Like it's, we we think we can manifest it's, reality. And, and the reason they is that they, 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 there's a sports show that I love to watch. It's called First Take. You know and uh, they, they were, you know, talking about obviously sports and everything, but it was interesting to me because um, the people that are there, um, I guess, profess to be Christian, right? Um, but one of them, one of them was was telling the main guy, "Hey, you always tell me about that thing. I feel like I'm in church because I spoke something into existence." Yeah, there it is. Oh. And there's people that are professing to be Christian on the sports show. This is the mentality of so many people, and it is in the movement that we come from. And it's in other Pentecostal movements, and, it, and it's in uh, other charismatic movements, speaking things into existence, yeah. declaring uh, something that's there that isn't there. Yeah. And what happens is they're going to say, they're going to use God's providence to make the excuse, oh, it's real. Yeah. God's providence, if somebody's healed, it's not because of you. We can call to God and ask for His mercy and His grace. Yeah. It's ultimately His will if somebody's healed or not. Yeah. It's not because you spoke things into existence. It's not because you declared and decreed. And the reason why I say this is, once again, I go back to all this. If, if we must accept people as they are, that's how the yeah. Lord accepted us. But I like how R.C. Sproul said, is God, uh, the, the, what's the, whole, the saying that they say? God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Mm-hmm. That may be true. I like how they say that. That may be true. We don't know. Yeah. And I do believe that the scripture says that God does love. But what did he do? Yeah. He's still a just God. He's still a holy God. Mm-hmm. He's still a jealous God. He gave his own son to pay the price. God doesn't save just because he can. Yeah. And, and the, the old saying is, well, there's nothing impossible for God. Use it in its correct context. We know that. But God is a God that is just. He's righteous. He's holy. And he put scripture in place, and he is, he doesn't change at all. Somebody had to die in order for us to be redeemed. Yeah. And that's the thing that we, we, we have to understand. If people are not getting the gospel, what is the end game? Mm. What is the end game? Yes, bring in people, accept them. But like you're saying, there's still things that are taught that are not according to the gospel. Anything that teaches that you have to do something in order for you to be saved is still legalism, and it isn't the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Without Jesus Christ dying on the cross, you are not saved. After living a perfect, sinless life. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. there is two parts of salvation, the perfection that we couldn't reach and the death that we all deserve, and Jesus fulfilled both. And, and, and that's, that's the reason why the gospel comes in. Only Christ could die because of his perfect life. And, yeah. He, right. he yeah. made yeah. him who knew no sin to be sin for us. He took on our... So, so that's the reason why I say that that's the misinterpretation of the gospel. We know, yes, God's all-powerful. I'm not saying that. 
that's the excuse that people will say, yeah. well, God loves me. Okay, that's true. How does the scripture say that he loves you? Yeah. Yeah. He provided Every, yeah. his son to take your place. Him being God, him being in the form of God, did not hold it as something to hold on to. He became a man, he became flesh, and he was obedient all the way to the cross, lived a perfect life. That's the missing of the gospel. You can bring people in. You can accept them. Fine. Yeah. And God's going to change us and transform us. You can't do that with legalism, but it still goes down. And, and I, I, I know you know what I mean, right? But, but that's, that's an important aspect because that's what people today in misinterpret, yeah. that God loves me. And it, becomes, it doesn't become about Christ. It becomes about the me culture, the yeah. self-affirmation. I declare it, and I say it. And, and, and uh, there's a lyrics, lyrics to a song that say, um, He didn't want heaven without us. That's, that's, that's true to a certain extent. But what does that mean, that, that I, I was that valuable? No. The Bible <laughs> says that I was dead in my sins. I'm a worm. Yeah. Uh, there, there's I a, think Furtick said, you know, the cross shows you how valuable or you're How valuable you're. It's like, or, no. It's, or he even says that God loved you enough that he broke the law yeah. for love. Yeah. Wrong. I'll put. Completely wrong. Put both those clips right here. He, he God, and this is this is the gospel. I'm going to go back to the, the thief on the cross. Yeah. I mean, it, it is not you at all. God provided. We can look at it from the very beginning when Adam and Eve sinned. People jump across that. God provided clothing from them an animal was put to death mm-hmm. yeah. even in the garden of eden that's the that's the gospel right from the beginning yeah. i mean the fig so leaves the fig leaves were their good works that's them trying exactly yeah. like that's we have them to making see that own. we see adam and eve trying what we keep trying trying to cover their mess and mm-hmm. god came and says not he didn't cut off a bigger tree and uh, you know he could have you know, imagine how many trees we have now, every single precious fruit in the garden, unstained by sin and sickness. I'm sure there were some big leaves on some bushes. There might have been something yeah. big enough to wrap their entire house in if they had a house that they built in some area. God didn't do that. He didn't use more leaves. He used something completely different. He brought death to something that was alive. Yeah. Like that should have like alerted them in a thousand different ways. Like that living thing just got killed and its skin is on me like there should have been shock factor there and that's we we jump back into that because what was what was the uh the payment from them if they ate from the tree yeah it was death death. Death. obviously we know through time we have a man now has a certain amount of years until he dies and that's it but that was the price that was paid and so that's what i mean when i say that god doesn't save because he's, he, that I'm talking about from a humanistic uh, point. He, God is the God of order, and from the beginning, because he's just, the gospel is something has to pay the price. Something yeah. had to die. Someone something had, had to, to die. And, and at the end, there was that one sacrifice, one man yeah. for mm-hmm. everyone, and that was Jesus Christ who lived the holy life. He died on the cross. And that, that's, that's where I'm coming from. You know, perfect place to add it. Where was, what was the comment? No, Adam and Eve did not just choose wisdom and look at the bad that it caused them. <laughs> the comment, someone said it, um, 
you know, Adam and Eve, you know, sometimes we're trying to, somebody, somebody, this is, this is hyper charismatic uh, ideology. Someone said, I made a statement, I'm paraphrasing. They basically said, you know, sometimes you just got to wait for the revelation, right? And if you start seeking too much knowledge, you can end up like sinning against God. You should just be satisfied with the revelation. And they referred back to Adam and Eve <laughs> saying, see, Adam and Eve, their knowledge, what did it do? It severed them from God. Wow. It, it ruined their relationship. They knew so much that they damaged. And it's like, no, no, no. Their, their sin yeah. severed them from knowledge yeah. did not sever them yep. from God. So yep. it's just, and it's like, it reminds me so of so odd the, out of context that. that we used to use, um, that the, uh, what is it? The spirit gives life, but the, the word brings death. Right? The I law can't brings death. The, yeah. the law. And it's just the letter, yeah. the letter, I'm sorry, the letter, which is the law brings brings death um you know people would even including myself you know when you're against uh, studying the scriptures and in its context and everything people would use those things to say well you know that's why you don't study because the the letter brings you know the letter brings death yeah. but the spirit brings up that's why you have to be you know speaking in tongues and having Jeez. all these I mean that that I'm I'm telling you these are the things that people grow up hearing. It's so crazy because Jehovah's Witnesses are told not to study the Bible on their own yeah, or without need, the Watchtower. Yeah. And and one of the kind there was there was an article and I I read from like the 80s where it said that it's crazy that so many uh, Jehovah's Witness leave the organization and follow Orthodoxy when they study the Scripture on their own. Like that's yeah, yeah, that's just so foolish. Like we call this the word of God, we call this the word of life, like or or the the bread of life for us. I, what do you mean? Don't study too much. Like what do you mean? Don't get into it. This should be our everything. Like get into who, it. Who is more. it? Uh, uh, Justin Peters. I love what he says. He, he says, uh, if you want to hear God speak to you, read the scripture. And if you want to hear him audibly. audibly, audibly, read it out loud, <laughs> you know, like, like, like this is, this is the word. This it, is can it. Can you imagine, can yeah. you imagine Abraham, if he would have had like the complete word, like he was, he was trusting in God. Every step of the way. I could say blindly, but he was trusting in God and believing God. And that's why he was justified it, or it was counted to him as righteousness. Technically he did the same thing because. God gave him the word and he obeyed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like to have the yeah. complete yeah, word. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. You know, like, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean don't study it? Like, what yeah. do you mean, oh, brother, you know, if we study too much, we might, you might get confused. So study more. Yeah. And exactly. get commentary. Honestly, we, we got to consider it. Commentaries. Yeah. I use them. I, I don't praise the commentary authors the way I see sometimes people really like. Mm -hmm. They'll really lift some preachers up on a pedestal. Yeah, it's like right. I, I, I will look up to preachers, but I can't lift them up on a pedestal. Yeah. But I'm going to evaluate and look at these comments. There's some things that I disagree with. Like I'm reading a book on Christian, uh, the, 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 the sanctification of the believer. And there's some areas I'm like, I get what he's saying, but this could absolutely be uh, lead you to like hyper uh, view of something. Yeah. So I'll take this. I'll let this motivate me to live more and more conform to Christ. Uh, but I'm not going to view it like... You know, should you, there are some, some people, uh, I guess they had this really strong opposition to the world, like really strong. And in such a way that I like, if you see a movie, you're in sin. It's like, I get that. I understand the perspective, the fear of it. I understand that when you see someone living one way, when they're going to the movies all the time and then never in church, you worry that the movie is the problem at all times. It's like, but 
That's an extreme view. So I get that. And even faithful, God-loving theologians have had some really mm-hmm. strong views. So I'll read it, and it will encourage me to make sure I'm not letting anything captivate my heart. I'm encouraged. I'm blessed. I'm thankful. Like I sat out there last night just enjoying myself reading and just meditating on these thoughts. But we can't imagine that Paul just wrote the letters and kept his mouth shut for the mm-hmm. entire, what, three, four years at Ephesus? Uh, two and a half, three years at three, Ephesus? Yeah. We can't imagine that. Come on, guys. We have one letter uh, of Ephesus. We have uh, accounts in Acts where Paul left uh, the Ephesians and says, hey, when I leave, you know, from you, mm-hmm. false teachers are going to rise. Like, we can't imagine this guy really, mm-hmm. like, didn't give commentary. There's a reason right. why he went to prison. Yeah, so we have to understand commentaries is like, that's the tool of explaining, articulating, yeah. giving reference yeah. and insight and meaning. We know that. That's what preaching is. If, if a pastor ever stands from a pulpit and says, don't read into commentaries, the pastor needs to read nothing but the word of God and keep his mouth closed. Otherwise, he's giving you commentary mm-hmm. and you shouldn't listen to him either. There you go. So we need to understand commentary is useful. It, the teachers, you know, the, the Bible says the, uh, the spirit gave, uh, uh, God gave us teachers you know, not just more Bible readers, teachers. So people are supposed to be able to teach the Bible. These are faithful men and women of God who put their comments of of the Bible and and research it and study, and they put it in a book. One, they're faithful teachers that cannot reach millions of people, but their books can. Yeah. Like, and that's what they're doing. They're teaching us. Like, you know, like you said, we shouldn't look up to them idolize I, I, should idolize right but my i i kind of feel bad for like john MacArthur. he must feel the weight of everyone he's standing on standing on his shoulders because i mean i mean this bible itself you know there's so much like there's one there's two verses here and then the rest is commentary yeah you know he he makes it's so deep there's so much knowledge and wisdom in here that's how i started that's how i started when i when i started questioning things I would look questions up online, and uh, I would watch uh, uh, YouTube videos from Paul Washer, uh, and and I was introduced to John MacArthur by Paul Washer because he was on a panel with him once, and then I saw whoever was on the panel, and I picked out Stephen Lawson, and I saw R.C. Sproul, so I'm like, cool, if they're with Paul Washer, they must be faithful, and even then, the answers they gave, I would look them up according to scripture to make sure they were correct Mm -hmm. and that's how i started i didn't start just kind of like you know i didn't just open my bible and i'm like all right what does acts 238 mean like i had to look it up yeah so so i'm really so funny in in faithful biblical commentary you won't see like 95 pages on acts 238 yeah but but in but in but in hyper charismatic Mm -hmm. uh, doctrine that's the whole commentary it's like i was surprised to look into and be like it was kind of short. It was like a small paragraph, and they gave some details, beginning uh, verse prior and after. But I was like, "Wow!" Like, you, you know this why? Isn't, this is a normal commentary on this occurrence mm-hmm. Be- because this, it's not. And, and it's I not hate their to gospel say it like verse. this. I hate to say it like this, but it's not as deep as you think it is. You know, it's not as deep as the apostolic assembly makes it seem to be. Well, because like, it's clear. It says because it's they all heard because it because to them. And to traditional Christians and to the first church, it was yeah. clear. They heard it in their language, praising God. All these Jews from everywhere, on day Pentecost, yep. every dialect, every language, they, they all yeah. praised God. And they were like, 
we don't hear these people in our tongue on average. Yeah. What are these Galileans speaking in my 40 mile away tongue or dialect? Yeah. They don't talk like that in Galilee. What's going on? Yeah. And they all began to listen. It's like, if I hear someone speaking in Russian in a crowd, I can hear that person more clearly than every English and Spanish speaking person yeah. around me. I just can because yeah. I pick up on it. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with them. They heard their language Putrova. when they, thank you. They heard <laughs> their language among every place they never thought they would. And for them, it stuck out enough for them to say, what's going on? This yeah. wasn't the gift of ears. This was the gift of languages. Right. So yeah. it wasn't that they heard magically, it's that they heard exactly so what was true. coming out. It's yeah. the speaking that was incredible and, 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 and mysterious and supernatural. I just wanted really quick to refer, um, Kosti Hinn uh, launched a church called the Shepherd's House Bible Church in Chandler, 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 yeah. Yeah. Chandler, Chandler. Arizona. Yeah. Um, and uh, he has a, a page called For the Gospel, uh, a ministry as well. And it talks about, um, talks about legalism. I just wanted to give this short definition. The Merriam-Webster definition is very brief, but we'll give a more theologically sound definition. It says the excessive adherence to law or formula. Uh, dependence on moral law rather than on personal religious faith. That's very shallow of a definition. So for the gospel's expanded explanation says legalism treats moral behaviors and obedience to God's laws as to how you achieve salvation. This leads to a primary emphasis on behavior modification and rarely focuses on heart transformation. Legalism aims to fix someone's behavior without ever focusing on their heart and is the opposite extreme of another term we've defined, antinomianism. Antinomianism is when you don't care about following the law. You think, you know, we're going to die anywhere. Anyway, God cares about the spirit. Who cares what you do with the flesh? It's the stuff that Paul said, you know, just because grace doesn't mean just let it all hang out. Control yourself. Reign in your passions. Since people who are antinomian believe that there is no need to obey the law of God because we are under grace, people who practice legalism believe that keeping religious laws will make them good enough to earn grace. Legalism is practiced by religions like Mormonism, which teaches that you are saved by God's grace, but only after you do enough good works. That's 2 Nephi chapter 2. Roman Catholicism is another legalistic religion that teaches that you must perform certain acts to keep your, your salvation. Legalism adds human rules to the law of God. Legalism believes that your good works save you and keep you saved. Legalism knowingly or unknowingly makes your relationship with God a set of religious rules rather than a desire for obedience out of genuine love for God. Mm -hmm. Legalism tends to a, leads to a lifestyle of rule-keeping and outward moralism but does not save your soul. I just thought that was a really solid um, kind of like pointed definition and kind of exposition of legalism. That's that's what it means when you don't realize that you needed Jesus to be good enough for yeah. you to not have to try to match up to that goodness. Mm -hmm. Well, that's where the he grace comes from. Of, yeah, the grace of God is either enough, or he's just saying, oh, "I'm gonna fill in like ninety nine percent, and you fill in the one." It's like what one? My one is full of sin, and mm. I'm not saying I'm going out saying I'm a sin. I hate my sin. Yeah, but coveting, lust, unforgiveness, arrogance, pride. It just in inconsistency in in worship. Like sometimes I feel like I I pray with more of my heart in the morning mm -hmm. than on other days. I'm not trying to. I really do want to bend my knees before him, but I got other stuff that leads me to just 
either hurry through the prayer or maybe not consider things that I think are important until later down the road. I'm like, I didn't even bring up my family on this one. Mm-hmm. Like, what's, why do I care more about how my day is going to go? What about the people I should cover in prayer? So it's like, all of that is not intentional. Intentionalism needs to be rebuked and dealt with, with as, a, as a brother to brother, like a brother cut it out, mm-hmm. repent immediately, consider this, you know yeah. this, we know this, don't dishonor your king. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that you could bring up to a brother, then to the group, then to the church, like you are in sin. But we can't offer this vile offering of a stain-stained life saying, I've completed the 1%, and it's a perfect 1%, because it has to be, a perfect life lived. 99% Jesus perfect, 1% my perfect. My 1% is still stained by sin. So Mm -hmm. legalism is this attempt or this aim, believing that you can actually fulfill a faithful even 1% of the requirements of a life lived before the face of a holy God that knows all intentions of your heart. We don't have that. Yeah. And and the idea is you can get there if you just try harder. This right. is why we have so many anxious, depressed Christians mm-hmm. in the church beating themselves up, hiding their sin instead of confessing it. Or in Roman Catholicism, you got people that are taught to overly confess and think that clears them, even though they never repent of it. Yeah. We got a bunch of problems in the church, and I think we need to deal with it, especially in the groups that we know we've associated with and been yeah. uh, driven from or, or, or originated from, because that's our people. We have more connections with the apostolic church than any other church, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is, you know, it, it is a great definition. That's where Costi Hinn comes from, his Uncle Benny Hinn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the Hit, stuff that they do. Hitting people with his jacket. With his jacket. But, but we've, seen it that's the, the, we've seen it. We've seen that. Yeah. I have seen yeah. it myself. I have seen a lot of other things that I've, we have to do I've another tried, episode on. I've tried doing that. But, but you know, the, the, <laughs> like, the, the issue. Taking off your brown jacket. Well, not your jacket, but like. <laughs> well, if people fell, it's because he didn't wash it. But, uh, but the thing is, is that. He did, wear, he did wear it every Sunday. There, there, there's so much <laughs> legalism in those movements because. It is the, um, uh, what is it called? The prosperity gospel. Yeah. Right. The more money you give, uh, the more closer you get to God. Or if you speak in tongues, the closer you get to God. So it, that's why I go back to what Carlos and I were talking about earlier, what he brought up, is that there's movements that, yeah, you come as you are. We want God to move in your life and change you. Of course, that's always the good thing. The end game, though, is has to be the gospel. Because if the end game is not the gospel, what's going on there? Yeah. Yes, you can have, and I'll use this word lightly, uh, an encounter with Christ through the Word of God. Like Andrew was saying earlier, an aspect of the gospel was preached, and that was that's what God used to bring him to salvation. Mm-hmm. But when we go back to Hebrews 6, we have to go on further. We have to, I, I, Paul said it, I, in, in Philippians, I don't have it all obtained. I haven't gained yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. I need to go forward in Christ. And that's why we have to follow the scripture. And that's why there's a zeal in us, regardless of our imperfections. Even when we feel, when we feel, I don't feel worthy at all. And I know that I'm not. And even when I fail or make wrong decisions or I sin against the Lord. But thank God for his word that keeps me on track. And, and those are the signs in a Christian's life that if there's repentance there, if there is if we make a mistake and we sin against the Lord, if there's um, uh, lust in our lives, or if there's whatever is holding us back, or or, or whatever we're dealing with, right? You got to think about it. If there's no um, 
awful feeling, that hateful feeling or that disgusting feeling or that sickness to your stomach feeling about that sin, think yeah. about it. Because of God. Of course, yeah. because of God, not not a worldly, not a worldly sorrow, not a, yeah. Sorrow. Yeah. Not, not, not a, not a it, first it, or it's second not, it's, it's not um, uh, well, I guess the scripture would say worldly sorrow, but it, it was, it was a, it, it's a godly sorrow, godly sorrow that because there's a, there's a whole that doesn't that say that that I'm glad that Andrew brought that up because when there isn't an understanding of godly sorrow. The reason why somebody is sorry because of they sin because oh because if, they got caught. if so and so finds out yeah. man I'm done for. And that's the thing is that when you fail and you understand true godly sorrow there's repentance there's you coming back to God there's you say you know God I messed up I I please forgive me. There's there's no special prayer that you can do it's just coming to the Lord. And, and so that's why the the epitome of legalism is you being able to do something you think that your works will save you. Yeah. And that's the issue at the end. You can become a modern church, you can accept things and, and you can and you know to a certain extent like Carlos says, that's fine. But if there's no gospel, if there's no understanding of the gospel, you don't have to be super deep and different areas, but the the gospel should be faithfully preached and through the gospel salvation comes you cannot have salvation without the gospel and vice versa yeah either either god's grace is sufficient enough or it isn't uh just a reference second corinthians seven ten is where we got that mm-hmm. for the sorrow that is according to the will of god produces a repentance without regret there you go or without repentance of the repentance uh leading to salvation but the sorrow of the world produces death or another word i'd like to use is remorse yeah the, the big difference between repentance and remorse yeah, mm-hmm. and there's you know because there's people that you know they they apologize for going back into the church, like they'll they'll backslide, but they'll really just revert back to what they actually are. They'll show themselves to be goats, not sheep. Um, then they'll feel bad. Something goes wrong. They'll go to church, and then their friends will make fun of them for going to church. So they're like, oh man, you're right. That was dumb. Go back to the friends. Do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll repent of their repentance. Um, what uh well, you you were gonna say something you were saying something and then we cut you off and you never got oh, back it to was it. yeah you i think you were trying to answer his question from like two hours ago yeah so oh. your your place to do that is now. Is now. Um, <laughs> you have permission. Thank you. Thank you. No, you, you know, it, it just kind of got me thinking, and I wanted to say while we were talking about it, but then we we tend to do that. We tend to move from subject <laughs> to subject pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> and cherry it, pickers into that aspect. Yeah. Oh, and, no. uh, <laughs> in that aspect. In yeah. a healthy way. In a healthy way, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it tends to go that way where there's sometimes where we want to say something about a subject and we just kind of quickly move on and just kind of keep it. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up and the question was, um, how do I remove myself from where I used to be in our case, the apostolic assembly? Well, how do I leave um, a church? No, no. How do I remove myself, um, from, from that background, oh, oh, from can, that oh, background? Can we remove ourselves? Right. Okay. So, and, and the question, and most the, the unanimous answer was that we shouldn't remove ourselves, right? But I want to answer I want to answer the simple side of that question uh, with a very simple answer. 
because there may be people who either have left the movement, either have left the organization, uh, the movement, the Pentecostal movement, the oneness movement, whatever, the holiness movement, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and, or they're still there and they don't know how to separate themselves from it. And the simple answer is that you separate yourself by scripture, through scripture, um, by standing on the word of God, because there's going to come a time where you're going to have to make the choice. Now, we ourselves have a brother who is still in that movement, doesn't doesn't agree with a single thing, at least in my understanding <laughs> about it, thing. but is in that movement. He like, like, he likes to torture himself. Like this much agreement. Right. That's and I, I have family members. You know members. who you are. <laughs> I have family who is in that movement Highlight um, the name. because there's because they have family who are there. Right. And they've and we've talked and they and they said if if that person wasn't there, I would have left a long time ago as well. Now there will come a time where you will have to make that choice because your beliefs will come to light at some point. You cannot keep the light hidden. You cannot keep it hidden. At some point it's gonna come out and you have to stand on scripture and you have to say, I believe this because scripture says this about this. And if your belief is spirit-led, it will be conviction of the Holy Spirit and yeah. possibly grieving the Spirit by not acting on what mm-hmm. you know right. is true. So that and could affect because that that's believer. where that's where I was when I finally came to the realization. I remember we had a conversation uh, right before you you left the assembly, um, and I was telling you, I, yeah, I want to stay for like two more years um, <laughs> because I want to whatever you know i want to try to try to change the entire assembly or whatever um but it can't i mean september october not like a month later you know it got to the point where my conviction about what i believe scripture was just burning me up inside and i just couldn't anymore Mm -hmm. you know I, i couldn't take the that every sunday the only way that i really was fed was either when you preached or when I preached, because I was studying the scripture throughout the week. So before before every Sunday, when I knew it wasn't either one of us, I would listen to a John MacArthur sermon as I was getting ready for church. Um, I would listen to one or two, you know, because I, I, I just, well, because I was in two services, so I, one for one and one for the other. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, my conviction was just so strong that, that I remember when my wife came down from, from, from singing, we just looked at each other and we knew like this was it. And, and, and you know, she started crying and, and, and I told her to, to stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No details. No details. <laughs> no, I'm just that would probably look funny. Her coming down, start crying. Everyone's looking at you like, what'd you do now? <laughs> no, no joke. My wife is a crier. So, like, yes, there's times where we're in the, we're at a restaurant and she would just start crying because she misses her family. And I'm like, people are looking at me like I did something to you. Like, stop. <laughs> My wife cries when she's happy, too. So when we're in the car and I, like, give her a surprise or something and she starts crying and people in Walmart parking lot walking by <laughs> looking at me and I'm just like, no, no, you're not even going to listen. You're just going to look at me yeah. like I'm a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but that's where it comes down to is that your conviction, this is what you're going to have to stand on. I mean, I remember having a meeting with 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 uh, my former pastor, and he looked at me and he said, "You know that Bible." I'm like, "It's just a Bible." Oh, because it was a study Bible. Because it was a John MacArthur study okay. Bible. 
And he's like, that Bible is wrong. And I'm like, it's literally just a Bible. And he's like, well, why do you? And I'm like, because the Bible says that we're wrong about baptism. The Bible says that we're wrong about the oneness and Trinity. The Bible says that we're wrong about the evidence of speaking in, of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. The Bible says that we're wrong about um, uh, the ability of losing salvation. You know, like this is this comes from Scripture. I mean, what what else? I mean, how 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 out of context can you take Scripture to formulate an entire doctrine or doctrines of false theology like? This is what you have to stand on. When you make that choice, you have to stand on this. Otherwise, you're gonna falter. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're gonna fall, and, and you're just gonna you're gonna uh, fall into into the trap of of you just don't have faith, or you lost the revelation, or or you're you're being rebellious, and you need to submit to authority. You know, you can't question the man of God, and and but you have to be strong, not in not in faith through the scripture because this is this is the ultimate word of god this is the complete word of god that this is this is our authority as christians you know so, so when you come to that point where you say how do i separate myself how did you guys separate yourselves i left <laughs> the same the same but we all did it the same way yeah yeah by by scripture, yeah, scripture alone separated hey, can us. i add something to that yeah Please. So, um, obviously, because of our experiences, right? I mean, yeah, you have to stand, and <clears throat> and in my case, I mean, uh, I went through three years um, dealing with that, and the more that the year passed, that burning became stronger, um, and so you know, yeah, I mean, you you have to stand on the word, even if that means standing alone. Here's mm -hmm. the here's the good thing though in my experience, right? The church is uh, as a basic definition is a community of believers, right? So if you have the ability or if you have friends or if you have somebody that you can reach out to that believes in the word of God and you've talked to them about that, that's also another way to help you to move on forward. Yeah. You look at my case, I had you guys. You mm -hmm. know? Aww. There was there was conversations that we would have on, on and off arguments that me and Andrew would have. Dude, um, it was messed up. LJ came to the light, brought me to the light, and then he walked back away. <laughs> and I'm like out there like, I've, I already left. <laughs> why, why did you go back? And, and, it was and interesting. Th those are, I mean, I, I won't understand. I, I understand and don't understand what I went through at the same time. And I, like I'll even say, why didn't I just do it sooner? You mm -hmm. know, but I, I understand because... Uh, when you have family there, um, when you have an image there, yeah. when you when you in in a way you don't know who you are anymore because that's what the gospel does. Yeah. The gospel, the true gospel, brings you to I don't know who I am anymore, and I am a wretched sinner. Mm -hmm. I'm horrible. But during that time in my life, I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to go about it, and you know I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't have any support. And for some people, yeah, you stand on the word. That's what ultimately I had to do is stand on the word. But sometimes God will surround you with support. And 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 I'll be it. I mean, there was a purpose for me to go through what I went through. I thank God for it. Mm -hmm. And I know that now, like I tell my wife, there's no way I'm ever going back to that. Mm -hmm. Now that you know the scriptures, I'm not going to go back to that at all. There's no way. 
after you have understand what the Word of God, not because I can do this or that, has nothing to do with that. It's the conviction of the Word of God in my life to make me realize how horrible I am and not even righteous at all. I yeah. need Christ. But there's a purpose for what I went through. But if you are trying to get out, number one, stand firm on the Word of God, even if that means being alone. Yeah. But look for a community of believers in which you can make a relationship with that will help you. I hope so. And, and and that's what you guys did for me is you guys helped me to 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 know because we're human beings. We don't like to feel that way. But that's why God provides people in our lives as he has provided you guys in my life to help me. And even in and I know that I could say, well, even if I was by alone, yeah, we could do that. But because we're human beings, it's it's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's one thing that I would add to it. I agree with Carlos completely. Stand on the conviction of the word, even if that means being alone. But if you have uh, friends or family that are also going through that and they have believed in what the word of God is saying, make that connection with them. Go through it together. Go through it together. Mm -hmm. That's what the church is. You have a whole community of believers that that is family, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's scary at first when you start walking away. Like, I was more on the gun-ho, I'm just gonna go all out and i don't care what anybody says but it was scary i mean i had i had two different responses you know i had one that was hey okay i I accept it i love you let's keep talking about it i see where you're coming and i had one that was just completely opposed you know it 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 almost seemed like it it would have broken my relationship with with my mom and thankfully by by god's grace i mean that their relationship repaired and you know she loves me again uh, <laughs> it was it was funny because we were you know we weren't talking and this is how this is how how she told me she loved me again she got she went to my house she called me to come outside and she gave me a a, a loaf of bread nice and then she and then we okay that's Bye. it that's that's how we do it um wow but it, it's a scary thing. That's powerful. You know, it, it's that's powerful, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scary thing when, when you're starting because, yeah, you don't know your identity anymore. You know, before it was yeah. Christ is your identity. But it was so mixed up with, like, mysticism and everything. That, yeah. that you were almost saying, I am Christ. You know, yeah. like. Your superpowers. I want to add to you and, and your comment about you know you don't know why you went back and obviously on a personal level i don't know on a personal and spiritual level i don't know what you were going through but i i thank god that you did because a lot of those sermons that you were battling through and the teachings you were giving helped me understand a lot more because i i was struggling in my own way and i got to the point where i was just in scripture every time somebody somebody preached or taught or gave a sermon or whatever to make sure that it aligned with scripture and every time you 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 preached and, and taught you know it, it was sound doctrine and it didn't just affect me but it affected other people in the church where mm-hmm. after teachings we would have conversations like hey you know what what brother algy said it made a lot of sense and or when i came came down from teaching after i i i just did the whole 180 and then gave myself to 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 the lord understanding his truth my people say you know what i never saw it that way it's interesting i've been in the assembly my whole life and i'm not understand and i'm now just barely understanding that yeah. topic like 
I can't say that that's that that's why God allowed you to come back, but it surely helped a lot of people like understand. And, and the funny thing is, like when when you say, and I know you said it before, you know, the only way that you would be fed is if you or I spoke, and that's not anything to us. When I would preach, I was just preach by expositing the word. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all I was doing. I was just literally going verse to verse mm-hmm. in a specific area of the scripture and explaining it in its context and connecting it with the references that are in the scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. That's all I was doing. I wasn't shouting more. There was no organ behind me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't speaking in tongues during the message so that way I could cause some commotion. And yeah. every. Yeah. It was just simply expositing the word. That's, so that's it. something that we had never and, been and exposed exactly. to. Exactly. And that's what, that's what I tried to do because after you understand the gospel, you have a fear yeah. A, 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 a holy fear that comes on you. I'm like, now that I understand, I think about all the other sermons that I have. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't collected somewhere. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. can I just press delete or? Yeah. It's funny because, like, you know, Facebook will show your memories. So a lot of the videos that I've shared from first June. Oh yeah, yeah. So I look into them, and um, <laughs> like when you're when you're preaching. I'm like, oh, babe, look, look at this heresy he's about to preach right here. <laughs> you, know, I, like, I, oh, wow. you know, I sometimes, I, I still have the songs that I wrote because I started writing songs like a year into, no, a few months into our marriage. Started actually recording the music. Mm-hmm. And I look at some of the early ones. I'm like, not, not entirely because by the grace of God, you know, there was correct theology in, in a lot of it. But there were some points made and I was like, Man, that's that hyper charismatic. Well, remember your music stuff. video? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. You had a music video? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah the Luigi video. recorded. I, I, have, yeah. I have a few. Where but is this? I, yeah, yeah. So where is this? We'll, 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 we'll show, we'll show it on milk and meat next time. Uh, we'll we'll put the plug right here. So, <laughs> <laughs> but there's some stuff in those songs, those early songs. Uh, even though there's a lot of theology, because I really did, I was studying through the word. Because for me, music was it came from my studies. I would read. And I'd have a desire to, to pray and then write songs. And at night, I would record them. Yeah. So um, it would come from scripture, but it would also have some of that flavor of the teaching. Mm-hmm. And so I hear like little aspects of those songs. I'm like, I was going to re-record it because now I have better mics. I'm like, I can't re-record that song without changing it. Because right. now it's like, I have to change that point. I have yep. to change that reference. And I can. And the rest of it seems uh, all right. But I'm like, man, I look back on that. I look back on some of my journals with my yeah. lessons. I looked back in the whole entire folder. I'm like, man, I preached some of this to college campus kids. Because yeah. I had a Bible study that LJ said I can start. <laughs> <laughs> I called him. I was like, hey, should I ask pastor for permission to start a Bible study? Like, Am I allowed? That's the fear I had. Like, pastor needs to approve everything. Yeah. And LJ said over the phone, like, just do it. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, just do it. I was like, okay, I guess that's, I guess that's a permission from like <laughs> leadership. So I started a Bible study in the library and I gave lessons and I look at some of them like, oh, what was this? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Remember that one time you called uh, KCFY and you recited Acts 2.38? Yeah, you I know, did. Yeah, that was a perfect time for the wow. gospel, but he recited so, Acts 2.38. Bro. Uh, you know, I, my goodness, <laughs> I, I love hearing this because, uh, for one, it's funny, but for two, it really demonstrates God's hand in our lives. How much we've been able to to grow from where we were, uh, and even just starting out when we left, 
because um, we we didn't know like I didn't know half the words that I know now the theological terms I still you know don't. yeah yeah I know I still fumble <laughs> with the words in the meaning <laughs> yeah in the beginning to, to me it's just like when when Andrew says a fancy word I'm like yeah bro yeah <laughs> go, 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 go. powerful and then but, I'm over here like <laughs> voice voice record to know if he spelled it right <laughs> but yeah and, and that's like you know to your point like I'm, I'm grateful for for all you guys because I, I i can see that this is all led by god and it's like because the number one thing is like scripture yeah. it's like when we were talking to selena and when she asked about what's important about looking for a church and, and selena she leans to music because she sings a lot uh, but the most important thing in a church if you're looking for a church are they sound biblically yeah you know what i mean and and because we are just taking everything from scripture like god has, has grown us i mean in this podcast it was just you and then me mm-hmm. and then it's lj then carlos and like it, and, and we're all in the same agreement and like i said before we're we're different churches yet it's in the we're all in the gospel we're, we're all in biblically solid we're, we're all in biblically solid churches yeah exactly uh, we all came out of a, and i could an see, unsound yeah and i uh, doctrinally unsound church yeah and i see that growth and it's like i i want more of that from yeah. us not just as a podcast but like us as, as as people as christians as mm-hmm. fellow believers like going into this year that's why i'm looking forward to to breaking down you know other uh other heretical teachings because it'll cause me mm-hmm. to be sound on what i'm teaching yeah. you know uh and and in turn where i serve at my church locally it'll affect that as well and yeah. same with you guys so it's like I'm, I'm grateful for this past year with all the struggles with all the backlash uh with all all the issues that came like I still see the great hand of God and it's all to his glory. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And going into this, this next year, I just, I want more of that. I just, I want to know God more. I want to understand the scripture. I want to learn another four theological words. You know what I mean? I got uh, it right here. For him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the last word you used? It was like super, super In, infralepsarian. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. It's an interesting, yeah, it's an it's interesting type of fish. <laughs> That would be an interesting flavored fish. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. It's 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 a term that that is doc. Some people argue and battle the doctrine, trying to figure out. Um, there's infra, uh, there's uh, superlapsarianism, infralapsarianism, and it's the idea of did God um, basically create the order of um, man will sin and it will happen here, and like it's it's taken the doctrine of predestination to a to another level uh-huh. and i personally think i don't care <laughs> on some aspects of it i'm like this is this is not fruitful yeah. i personally also think if someone takes it too far in a different direction they might say like you know god decided to send jesus and create that whole plan only after finding out that adam and eve sinned yeah so there is some aspect to it that i think is healthy to view like hey did god kind of just see what happened and then took sovereign control of the entire world and plan of christ or did he sovereignly have his hand all over the entirety of it, purposing Christ before the sin of man and purposing the entire order? I would agree with that part. However, if we argue it in the wrong way, I think we'll try to make people think how God thinks, which I don't think we understand. That's why we don't tell people like, hey, get drawn by Christ. No, no. We tell them, here's the gospel, come to Christ. You yeah. do the human part. Exactly. God does the God part. And we're amazed at the dichotomy. Exactly. How does God, 
give us this drawing and and this effectual call and yet calls us yeah. to come and says we're responsible for coming mm. like that's that's yeah. an interesting mystery we can't solve all the God's sovereignty God. our free will mm-hmm. perfectly balanced where we are not sovereign over him and yet our will is involved in his sovereign purpose yeah. it's right. incredible uh, when people try to answer it too perfectly in the wrong way you go for uh, hyper calvinism or you go for uh, dangerous arminianism mm. yeah. and you either take god's hand off of this world where you put man's hand on salvation in a very dangerous, unbiblical way. And that's why I think it's important to study these terms sometimes. So yeah, yeah. I'd like a four-page paper by tomorrow in oh. infralipsarianism, oh, please. All right. <laughs> no, no, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy looking into this because for yeah. me, it's like, I just get to see what are people arguing about? What's worth arguing? Mm-hmm. What's a healthy reason to argue some things? What's like totally tolerable? Like I, I don't, someone has one view. It's like, that's cool. But if they have the dangerous one, yeah, the hyper stuff, I'll battle against hyper-Calvinism. I'll battle against hyper-Arminianism. Well, it's just like what you read in the definition of legalism. Yeah. Uh, you have antinomianism, and then you also have those that, um, uh, that legalists. are legalists. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the two extremes. Exactly. You know, and it's, um, it's like one thing that, that I've learned is uh, you, we're called to preach the gospel to everyone. Yeah. It, it's, Whosoever. It's, exactly. And yeah. that doesn't... That still doesn't take away from that it is God that calls, mm-hmm. yeah. or it is those that have been elected by God. It doesn't change the fact, but it, it, it doesn't mean that we don't preach the gospel. It's whoever God chooses to be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jesus came and uh, he even told the people that were following him uh, that they can only come to him because of the Father. Mm-hmm. They can be drawn, and, and, but, but there are still people following him. And throughout the time of his ministry, we see at the end, all of those thousands were no longer there. But when the church was, uh, was born, or when the day of Pentecost happened, we see that the church grew again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that's the thing is those it became a filter and we have the parables of the seed that fall into different places. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all God's job. There's a way for us to explain it and to understand how somebody's elected, of course. And that's what we believe. But at the end of the day, you preach the gospel, and it's God that that uh, saves, and we're called to preach to those to repent. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who they are, and that's the beauty of the gospel is that mm-hmm. it, it's in God's hands. John 1, John 1, 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Like th- this, this, this doesn't, it isn't born out of us. You know, we don't accept Christ. He accepts us. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Mm-hmm. Um, Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father, Trinity here, okay? Just, let's put that out there. <laughs> Ble- Hello? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just a quick side note: who, Who's the God of? Who's the God and Father? God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. 
in love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved we were predestined already we were we were chosen we we were elected by god this doesn't come from us a sinner who's dead in his sins a dead person cannot come to life out of his own will that is the 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 whole point of the vision of of elijah elijah or elisha the the dry bones um elijah elijah where he has a vision of a bunch of dry bones i mean they're dead they're dead dead these are dry. you know how long it takes for a dead person to get dry bones they're dead in yuma well <laughs> a few days a few days um this is the whole point of the vision of elijah of the valley of dry bones i mean they're they're dry dry you know they're not going to come back to life and they're not just barely dead so you can't say well they just rose up from the dead you right. know like that heretical teaching about christ that oh he he wasn't really dead he he had just yeah. fainted or whatever and came back no like they were dead water and blood separated but he's not dead right even though that would kill him but eli god asked elijah elijah will these bones live elijah says only you know mm -hmm. and then god commands him to prophesy that is what we do. That I love that that teaching from Paul Washer, and that's where I heard it from. Versus, that is what we do as preachers of the gospel. All we do is preach. It is not up to me to change someone's life. It is not up to me to regenerate someone. It is not up to me if someone's going to get saved. It's not even up to them if they're going to respond to the gospel. It's up to the Holy Spirit if he's going to accept them or reject them. Like, it doesn't come from us. That is the, the whole point of the, of, of the vision. That is what Ephesians is telling us. That is John. That is what the entire Bible is telling us. Not only that, that salvation is... Uh, uh, through, is by grace through faith in Christ alone in 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 His work alone, yeah. um, and, and it doesn't come from us. Like we don't choose Him. Who in their right, who in their depraved mind, would accept the Holy of Holies? Mm. Would accept submitting to 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 someone greater than they? Dying to their self and giving their will up? No, yeah, it's not a no like characteristic of human we, pride. We already have a hard time being saved. Dealing with our flesh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just see how it, marriages go. This is two people trying to come together, yeah. learning that they can't really submit their wills entirely and lovingly. And we say that we can volitionally do that in higher and holier ways yeah. than to the living God who sees our hearts. Mm -hmm. Come on. Come on. At a 50% divorce rate in the United States. And the rest of the marriages probably aren't in a great condition anyway. So. Right. What are we talking about? Sinful yeah. humanity, full it's full of self, desiring and fighting for self-will. Bro, mm -hmm. is your marriage okay? My marriage, <laughs> by the grace of God, is always being tested, tested, <laughs> purified. Thank, thank God He's for not a the patient only one. wife. Yeah, but yeah. I'm grateful that my marriage is with Christ. I don't know what it would have been without Him. Exactly. But I know who I was without Him. There you go. I would have, I would have hurt my wife on. With, without care. I yeah. would have been selfish and just demanded that she just submit to that. But in any of my arrogance, by the grace of God, I'm, I've, I apologize a lot. <laughs> I realize how perfect she is for me. Dude, she's like the perfect half 
for our family when I am what I am. I mean, I, I lead with sternness, with, with nitpickiness, with, 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 with uh, sometimes with a heavy hand, but like I lead because in the way that I do with my character, I'm like, I'm always expecting the possibility that my kids are going to do something sinful because they know their sinful nature and then they surprisingly do it. So I lead with that, that, uh, need to critique and be careful in that way. My wife leads with the just natural exuding, just uh, gentleness and just uh, complacency of temper in essence. Um, just, just hug him, just smother him. Everything's okay. I come home, like something's on fire. It's not okay. So it's like perfect match. If I would be the only one in the house, I'd be too strict. No natural grace. I'd have to work really hard at grace. Um, if my wife would lead, she'd be in pieces because she can't like control the kids. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have the authority over them. They don't listen to her in the same way. But together, dude, we're a team. Like uh, when I'm going a little overboard or too strict, she comes in and, and, and like calms me down. Or when she's giving too much to them, like, hey, honey, like they're not eating. They're eating like 18 bags of chips. Let's, let's change it to some food. Yeah. Like when we do it right by the grace of God, man, marriage is this incredible, beautiful thing I couldn't do on my own. Apart, it's like, I, I need my wife home. It's like, I think I'm just uh, running out of patience. Like I need her to be that naturally patient person. Yeah. Marriage is a beautiful thing. I, yeah. I, I don't see anyone living out marriage to the glory of God without Christ ruling over their hearts. It's mm. impossible. Yep. You're just trying to not mess up. Like I have Christ ruling in my heart working with my wife, giving her convictions, working in my kids where they start seeing their sinfulness. My daughter, Adelie, literally said, like, I, I realize that I, I want to do these things. I, mm -hmm. I really see that I, I just, I willingly yell at uh, the, my siblings. I, I willingly disobey you, Dad. Like, I, I'm seeing it. I'm like, praise God, like, she's seeing it. Let's see how much further she gets until she gets to the cross of Christ and sees him as all glorious. But... What a wonderful thing. I don't know what marriage would be without Christ. I'm scared for that. How's uh how's your marriage? <laughs> I, I uh we'll we'll, we'll be Bro. nice to all <laughs> I, I uh I do have a, a scripture that I use all the time. Yeah. Uh Titus chapter three, <clears throat> and we'll start from verse three and on. Three to uh three all the way uh let's see here. To Revelation twenty one, twenty three. Uh, verse I'll, we'll just do the whole thing. Verse eleven. Okay. All right. And it says, For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. Reject a factious man after a first and second warning, knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning, bringing, being self-condemned. And, I mean, throughout the epistles, uh, and rather, I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, 
we see that we are saved by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it Amen. just clearly states us, He saved us, in verse 5, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but go. according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. So we're cleansed, we're regenerated, we are reborn. Um, the uh, An understanding that I've had is, there's the washing that's the considered the water in John chapter 3, 5. <clears throat> By the being reborn of the water and of the Spirit. We are, it's through the Holy Spirit alone. Yeah. The context of chapter 3 of John is not about water baptism. It's about rebirth by the Holy Spirit alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is all by His grace. No righteous deeds, nothing that we've done. And that, when we understand that, even when we fail, that's amazing. Um, and that's a liberating thing. Where we live in a world where whatever you get is because of your, what you've done. And our salvation has absolutely nothing to do with us. And that is by the grace of God. Yeah. That we get to live, walk according to the, uh, God's holiness, be righteous because of Christ. Yeah. Nothing of us. Yeah. I, I heard a, a preacher say once, like, it's, it's natural for a man to want to have something to do with his salvation. Like it's, it's natural. Like all of us want complete and utter control of every aspect of our lives. So the, the, uh, the truth of uh, our salvation having nothing to do with us, it's so hard to grasp. It's yeah. so complicated. Uh, but when you finally understand it, it's like, I'm so glad it's not in my hands. I'm so glad that I have nothing to do with it because if I had even just that 1% part that Andrew was talking about, like it's going to fall apart. Um, and, 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 and everything that we ever talk about, you know, in episodes past and going forward, like that's, that's the center of this entire podcast is the gospel. Um, you know, whether we, we, uh, tackle controversial uh uh topics and then when we we exposit theology the central theme is always going to be the gospel you know and um no matter what we do another q a which by the way i, I really want to uh keep do, doing that do more yeah more q a's yeah, that, um, that would be cool yeah we have uh andrew uh has something similar cooking up uh with another with pentecostal actually nice um but yeah, and, and it's always going to revert back to the, the gospel. You know, something that I wanted to share, that I wanted to share, and then I forgot, but you triggered my memory by saying that we want to have, as humans, we want to have something to do with, with our with our salvation, right? Mm-hmm. So yesterday I was talking, uh, I stayed late at work, and I was talking to one of, the, uh, one of my security officers, and he was mentioning that he wants to promote. Um, now... We've had issues with this specific person in where he just kind of sucked at his job. And he was he was working for us before, and then he left. Um, and then the previous uh, director, um, whom, whom I, whose job I, I, I came into, um, she hired him back. Because she just has a soft heart for everybody. And, well, he was messing up, messing up, messing up. And he was just kind of, kind of uh, garbage, to be honest. Um so we were talking yesterday and I said, you know what? Cool. He's actually going to be moving to day shift soon. There's a lot more eyes on you. And I was explaining to him how to go about with the supervisor, being best friends, making sure that you're there at his beck and call. 
And something that I mentioned that it, it actually made me smile when I said it to him because or laugh within myself is I told him all the bad that you've done in your past, you have to do extra good to cover. <laughs> and it made me realize that that's how a lot of Christians think mm-hmm. that all the bad they've done, they have to do something good. Hum- human wise, humanly. Yeah. If we make mistakes, we have to make it up with good. Like that's just that's just the way that humanity works. But biblically, salvation wise, you'll never do anything good enough to to earn salvation. So it was just something that, that you yeah. triggered and So and you I'm basically like, gave yeah. that per- poor guy an impossible task. Yes. <laughs> I hope you turn back <laughs> to him and say, sorry. No. I know you can't. So No, no, because so he's he's actually been doing a, a lot better and, and nice. the supervisor started working with him. Um and maybe he'll watch the, the, the podcast. We've actually been talking a lot. He's a he he goes to one of the apostolic churches, uh one of our one of in the area because one of the apostolic churches in the area um and we've had talks a lot about like oneness and, and trinity and all of the stuff and yes, yesterday i was like dude just leave that church already man you yeah. know where you stand you know what you believe leave that heresy and he's like it's just i'm in the middle i see both sides and i'm like get out of here dude like get out of here man come on somebody So if this episode is any indication, because I think we covered a lot of different, a lot of different areas and topics and like, I mean, and we can go on and on. I mean, even when we're not recording and we're just hanging out and like we, we can go on, but like, that's, that's, that's what it is. Like when you're expositing anything or when you're, you're, you're going down to the nitty gritty on any topic and it's like. Like I said, this episode, if it, if anything, it indicates that it shows that. So moving forward, you know, hopefully the episodes we do in the future, they're they're a little more specific. You know what I mean? Um, well, well, they, they are. They are. Yeah. They they usually are. But although well, no, this, I mean, this episode itself is a free for all sort of kind of approach. Yeah. So we're kind of just letting it all, letting it all, letting it all. Uh, welcome to the new year. We, we right. got promise that stuff. we'll have time limits right. from here on yeah. out, and we'll stick to those time limits. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. But. But these conversations. Why are you looking at me? (laughs) Am I the one? (laughs) But yeah, these conversations are helpful and fruitful, and we want to encourage other people to have these kinds of conversations, to reach out to us, to reach out to their local pastor, to first of all be in 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 the Bible themselves, Um, and yeah. So and again, I want to encourage Q and A's. Hopefully, sometime this year we can do a live episode. Do a I'd live do live Q and A. Oh, and by the way, this Sunday at five thirty at my church, they're they're actually going to have a Q and A. Like oh, yeah? Pastor Jeremy, yeah, nice. with, with some of the elders. So more, you guys are evening more than welcome. Yeah, evening evening service. But yeah, so I just yeah encouraging everybody to to come back to the scripture, base everything yeah. off of scripture, and and going forward, like that's that's what we expect more of. Like I like I said before, I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to see how God has moved in each of our lives individually and as a, as a, as a group. And I'm even more so looking forward to what, what God has in store, the challenges and the ups and the downs, but we have such a mighty God and, and his word is holy and, and it stands the test of time. Like who can be against us?
everyone <laughs> not successfully but okay, yeah in time um all right so we will just follow through and we'll be breaking down certain doctrines uh of the apostolic assembly not as hate but just intentionally and we'll also follow through with breaking down some other people's doctrines but uh our personal experience with the assembly gives us a very keen insight yeah. into how some things have affected other members of the church affected mm -hmm. us and how we now see that those are things that we might need to speak on so we'll handle it in a loving way but um, as long as there is anything that might detrimentally affect any christian life i think it's important that we speak on it uh, this doesn't come from a hurt mentality i know some people will just immediately accuse that i think that's just a way to stop a conversation and it's not a, a like a hate or bashing either yeah, it's, it's not a bashing. just pointing out scriptural truth you know as christians we should be able to hear someone say we're wrong because we're telling the whole world they're wrong yeah. so in essence it's not bashing if someone tells you you're wrong exactly um it really isn't there's uh, a taste of your own medicine <laughs> <laughs> every christian should be able to hear someone say you're wrong taking correction being uh being uh, with a student mentality learning yeah. being a consistent daily learner until glory that's that's what we should be. So I think anyone that's willing to take their own doctrine and see if it can stand up against the test of Scripture, they might benefit. I think they will. Yeah. I'll benefit from listening up or staying in touch with us uh, for the next few months as we start to really get into the zone of which topics we're going to hit on. If anybody has a comment of what they think we yeah. can cover, uh, we'd love to. We already have some doctrines we, we, we intend to approach and exposit and expound on, but we'd be happy for anybody, private message, public bashing, whatever, however you want to attack us or just tell us personally, we'll take that and we'll use that as a as a topic to to reach out with in a in an upcoming episode. Um, anything else? We're good. Fight. All right. Uh, <laughs> join us next time on Milk and Meat Podcast. God bless. Because I be worried about your soul. Why you still be yelling? You got a soul. Like you need to see to believe these things, but you believe things that you've never seen. Like feelings and hopes and dreams. Gravity.